Are you looking for a light read? Something fun? Something entertaining? Well, check out Book Interrupted's blog. You can find Manuscript Mondays, Topic Tuesdays, Word Wednesdays, Thought Thursdays, Fact Fridays, and Silly Saturdays. Sundays are reserved for Down the Rabbit Hole or Top 10 Lists, Artwork, and more. Be sure to check out Book Interrupted's blog at www.bookinterrupted.com forward slash blog. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Mm. The nightmares and the depression and like me being in a bad mood and me, yeah, all of it. Like I was just yeah, like, it was snapping. And now the journey to recovery or, or healing, mm. not recovery, mm. healing that could accomplish the same thing. Well, <laughs> well, hopefully don't accomplish the same thing. Cause there were some people that were very upset by this book. So <laughs> maybe they could. And it's like one of the only really healthy escapes. Oh, that's perfect ending. Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycles from January 3rd to February 13th. It's Leah's book pick, Ever Reading What Happened to You by Dr. Bruce D. Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Our earliest experiences shape our lives far down the road, and What Happened to You provides powerful scientific and emotional insights into the behavioral patterns so many of us struggle to understand. This book is going to change the way you see your life. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Oh, so we should go around and just say if we'd recommend the book. So who wants to go first? Well, clearly I did recommend the book, but I have (laughs) recommendation remorse. (laughs) I think I would be really thoughtful about who I recommended it to. That's what I would say. I'm the same as Leah. And I said this in my final book report that I might recommend the book to certain people, but not, I don't think I would recommend it to somebody that it might trigger, be triggering somebody who has past trauma, but maybe to somebody who wants to know a little bit more about how other people react because of their past. Totally. That's a perfect description. I would recommend it to someone who maybe lives with someone who has trauma. Mm -hmm. As a starter too, like Kim was saying, as a starter book, and then maybe- find something else that and now the journey to recovery or or healing mm-hmm. not recovery mm-hmm. healing yeah i would not recommend the book i think that there's probably better books out there written on this topic it was okay like i was when i was reading it i was kind of interested in some of the stuff he said towards the end and whatever but i never wanted to read it i forced myself every single time to pick it up and be like okay yeah this is this is interesting I'll get into a bit and then I put it down and I'm like oh I gotta read this book again so yeah I wouldn't yeah do you want me to go okay I don't know (laughs) (laughs) well okay so if I recommend books that I enjoyed reading then no (laughs) because (laughs) and it's for me it's all the structure stuff right like I don't like 
I would be mad if someone, well, no, sorry. Thanks. Leah's going to be like, you're mad at me. I would, Cause I was going to say like, I would be mad if someone recommended me a book with this conversational style. Like I just, so I feel like, I don't know. I'd, I'd be like, I'd, I'd worry if I recommended this book to someone, they'd be like, what the hell? Like, but that's all like my so self-centered perspective, right? Like I really dislike the style of the book. I really dislike the length of the chapters and now in hearing everybody else's experience of the book, I also dislike its lack of attention to like protective factors and potential positive outcomes as well. So it's like, it's not a bad book in that like the information within is incorrect or anything, but Lindsay said it well with that there's probably better books that could accomplish the same thing. Well, <laughs> well hopefully don't accomplish the same thing because there were some people that were very upset <laughs> this book. So. <laughs> Maybe they could accomplish the delivery of the information and skip the crying or no. something. You know what I mean? Or the pain. Crying is okay. Some people. Are you, are you talking about me? Yeah. Maybe. You're not alone. You're not alone. Some sir. people. This is where you are on my five song. I don't know if that's true for you. Me. Let's all point at Sarah. Where's Sarah to you? Yeah, let's all point to Sarah and let's see how different it is. Oh no way! <laughs> oh. Nobody's pointing at me. Nobody's oh, pointing at me. So that makes sense. We're pointing who in a circle. Is, who me. are we talking about? Nobody knows. <laughs> so that makes sense. So that's yeah, a math that's a thing, math right? Like the, if we all point to everybody, we'll all be pointing in like a different it. direction, right? Like point to Meredith now. No one will point to where she is. Right. Whoa, <laughs> nice, I'm the only one where she's in a oh, different spot. Because I'm Is the anyone first pointing one on. at you? Right? It's a math thing. It'll That's never be. Point at me. Point at me. He's pointing at me. Okay, point at, <laughs> I'll put it, Leah. No, oh, Leah. It has to do with when you like logged on. Pause. Oh, oh Le- Lindsay and I'm Meredith. down on everybody. Yeah, you are. Just get down. <laughs> oh, wait, what am I doing? Kim? Oh, Kimberly. Kimberly. I'm down for everybody too. Yeah, but I think it has to do with order that you come in too. Makes sense. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Uh, cool. Okay. So, so I Sarah. wouldn't recommend. I yeah, I wouldn't recommend the book because I didn't read the book. So, so I can't. <laughs> I just so I can't. I did when I first started reading it though. I talked about the book to somebody, but I thought the beginning of the book was just like that was going to be an arc. Yes, I thought it was like here's the beginning. It's bad, but it's okay. <laughs> and if we can get see it through the first two chapters, then we get to the happy ending for the me. healing. Right, the healing, the happy ending. How things, how you can turn things around if you live with trauma. And then it was like it was just like this, and just never. I was like, what? <laughs> Is it coming down? Yeah, it's just like it got sadder. It was like, or like in essence, it kind of went like this. Yeah. Or maybe it's more like this. Down, 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 down. This is what I say. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, you actually yeah. started at the high point. <laughs> yeah, that's the high point. You had no idea. You didn't realize. <laughs> mm, Nightmares yeah. and the mm. depression and like me being in a bad mood and me, yeah, all of it. Like I was just yeah, like, it was please, snapping. please. No, no. So I wouldn't recommend <laughs> the book. Yeah, it was like, that's why eventually one morning when I like had almost like, I was really upset that morning. And I, that's when I texted Meredith. I'm like, please tell me there is some sort of happy ending no. or I have to bail. And she was like, uh, you need to bail. It's heart wrenching in no, like, like a bail. movie drama <laughs> kind of way. With ending. no conclusion though. Yeah. No, con- that's what I was looking for. Something. It's either the movie doesn't end. Like it just ends in the middle. With no real conclusion. Just like sad. It's like sad and sweet and sad. It's like, he's okay, but it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a, so I don't know. it was a yeah. So it's a no for me. I guess if I 
I would probably maybe recommend it to someone who wants to understand people's trauma. But even then, I'm like, I didn't even finish it. I like that you're just trying to be polite. You're allowed to say no. Yeah, it's okay to have different books. I very rarely just, I never bail on books, ever. I like forced myself to read books. No, and before we started, we talked about this book. We both were like excited about this book. I was. In the summer when we were talking about books. I just think because Oprah was in it and I knew she had trauma that it would just, yeah, yeah, I thought there was going to be an arch, but. Well, and obviously Oprah's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like. She turned out okay. Well, she's experienced like experiencing, you know, whatever some people would call success, right? Like she's not unable to manage herself which is kind of what I feel like some of the fear was around this no happy ending or no hope. Yeah, like, they didn't touch on like how she got there. Oprah's well, got she, the Oprah. Yeah, because she had some very... protective factors too. I mean, she had she had the gift of early language that she could escape. They talked a lot about dissociation and like how it can be useful as well, like going to flow and meditation, all this stuff. But she had that gift of early language where she read very early. And so she could escape into learning and just Whatever other places books. too. And I think that was somewhat protective for her as well. I think so too. My mother has that. She always describes that just, she'd just be in books all the time, just cause that's the, her, was the way she could cope. I don't think she's actually said it's the way she could cope, but yeah, I always thought that was kind of interesting. I just love how books can do that. They could be your like- An escape. Your little- A new, a whole yeah, vacation. Escape. Like, yeah, a whole, and traveling. like, it's, and it's like one of the only really healthy escapes out there like really truly like tv doesn't feel healthy when you escape into the fantasy of tv all the time or food or of course drugs and alcohol my preferred escapes yeah (laughs) Um, most effective but books are such a beautiful escape healthy way to to get through anything well hopefully if you're sarah reading what happened to you maybe not (laughs) well i don't know maybe in a little way the that uncomfortableness made it maybe a little bit you, you learned how to protect yourself. You don't need to do that to yourself. Yeah, you, you got to set up. a boundary. You always finish a book, Sarah, and you didn't do it because you took care yeah. of yourself first. Yeah, And that's, that's a good. big learning. That's true, I did. That was mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I didn't accomplish the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not a failing. It's not a fail. Like, Sarah, you took care of your needs before anything else. There's the hope. There's the happy ending. Yeah. There's the happy ending. You're yeah. the happy ending to Oprah's book. <laughs> Excellent, yeah. Leah. That's amazing. That's there a perfect ending. I am the happy ending. Yeah. The end. Yeah. And that's like, like the happy ending to the podcast, too. Oh, that's perfect ending. <laughs> Sarah didn't finish. We're all so proud of her. <laughs> yeah. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. My audio interruption is, well, it's a beautiful snowy day. I don't have much interrupting me. I'm at the new studio space alone, which is lovely, much like my last interruption. And I'm feeling so scared. My, I'm being interrupted by fear. I'm never, I don't think I've ever been this anxious about something else I'm often anxious inside myself but externally anxious that I'm a big girl I'm wearing my big girl pants and I'm doing a big girl business all by myself and uh, though it takes a lot of support to get me here I still feel very overwhelmed yeah I'm pretty locked up with just overwhelm 
<sighs> and it's hard to think and feel clearly and know what to do. So, this audio interruption is brought to you by fear and its crippling side effects. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I feel a little lost. Sarah probably has some good highlights and notes on this one. She's done this before. Sarah started being an entrepreneur at a very young age, and she's kind of a business-minded person, and I just feel so lost. Ugh. So, I don't know. Nothing to do, but apparently right now, do nothing. And uh, that's okay, too. All right. Bye. Book interrupted. It's book report time. We're going to find out from each member their final thoughts. And do they recommend the book? Let's listen. Hello. So, this is my What Happened You book report. I reread it a little bit. I had read it in the summer of 2021. And I chose it for my book choice this season. It was really impactful for me last summer, which maybe says a lot about where I was mentally <laughs> last summer. Rereading it and listening to it. I also listened to it on audiobook. It was harder than the first time. Maybe mentally where I was, maybe I had more capacity to look at things and face things and hear hard things than I do now. I mean, it's winter now and I'm always a little less sprightly. <laughs> I certainly have a cold and I'm, you know, it's Canadian winter, so sometimes there's not a lot of light. So yeah, it was harder to listen to this time and I just kept thinking upon reflection that that this is going to be for the group to read too and how it's almost a bit of a punishment book if you don't feel like hearing, thinking, feeling certain things about your personal trauma or just listening to some of the heartbreaking stories in the book. I think there's a ton of useful information. I know what I gained from it most and my biggest takeaway is that it, I think it helped me forgive a lot of maybe self-hatred of some of my actions, though everything is always worth working on and improving on and trying to like self-improve how you, the blunders and mishaps of life, that a lot of these things are just your brain's coping that was set in place maybe at a time really early in your development and that these are just the natural pitfalls of like going back into it. And it's helped me think a lot about how to hopefully get that space smaller between the episode, let's say, and the red flags that lead me to, to it. Cause often upon reflection, after I get upset about something, I realize it has nothing to do with what I lashed out at. Like, uh, I don't know, like in, like I lashed out at my husband, I, just, I don't know. And it's not about that. It's about that I like things orderly because I don't feel safe often. And I don't feel safe often because of this, that, or the other that happened a long time ago before he ever was the apple of my eye. So I think that that's kind of my biggest takeaway that a little bit of forgiveness for I don't know if it's good to forgive the asshole parts of you, but a little bit of forgiveness for the asshole parts of you. And that I am very human and this is very real and that my brain is doing a really good job of protecting me. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully the other girls didn't 
it wasn't too scarring to read this book and I do recommend it still. So I bailed on this book and I bailed on this book for uh, mental health reasons. So what I would like to say about this book is, and I got about halfway through the book, so I kept reading it despite the effects of reading the book, the effects of reading the book had on me until I reached out to my sister. So what I would like to say is I think this book is probably an excellent book for anyone who wants to understand the daily struggles of someone who lives with trauma. However, if you are someone who has experienced trauma, I don't necessarily recommend this book. Like at first I thought, well maybe I recommend it for people who are still trying to understand how they work. But even then, no, I don't. I really don't. It really is kind of, it made me feel hopeless for someone who has done a lot of work to be in a good place after my childhood trauma. And yeah, I don't know how much more I want to say. I just want to say that I don't think it's a good fit for people who have trauma because it made me feel sad and depressed and hopeless and like all the work I did was for nothing because what's the point? Now, I didn't finish the book, so maybe there is a happy ending here. And I asked my sister, and she's like, well, not really. <laughs> so stop reading. And uh, I feel way better now that I've stopped and I've, you know, reflected on my reactions to the book and what have you. So I would recommend this book for anyone who wants to understand people with trauma. However, this makes you feel like no matter how hard you thrive, well, in my opinion, it made me feel like you will never get to the same level of people who didn't. Is that harsh? <laughs> that's what made me feel. It's a feeling though. I'm not saying that's what it is. Anyway, I'm rambling. I would just only recommend it for people who don't have trauma, who want to understand the people in their lives that do. But that's as far as I go. Okay, hello. This is Kim, ready to record the final book report for the book, What Happened to You? So one of the things that happened to me while I was reading this book was I was reminded of a time in my career when I worked in schools as a behavior teaching assistant, when it was standard practice to have a space in a, in a classroom and or another location, like a separate location in the school where and they called it like a, t a timeout room. So it's where children would be sent by themselves to calm down if they were acting out. When reading this book and thinking about that, it's so crazy because it's like practically barbaric. So, I mean, that was 20 plus years ago. So I'm glad that we've come this far, but still that was only 20 some years ago. And so in my own experience, like I was a part of this like re-traumatizing practice. I can't believe that it was supported by the school and the school board. Like it was just the way that children with behavior needs were kind of managed. Also at that time, they separated children who were disruptive and put them into classes together. So, which, you know, has its strengths and issues. Now the pendulum has swung the complete other way. And I believe that the classrooms are super inclusive. So also, again, another strategy that has strengths and issues, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this timeout room and I want to talk about a specific kid who used to get put in there all the time. And by put in there, I mean like me and the teacher would physically put him in that room while he was dysregulated 
through using the terms of this book, using layman's terms like freaking out for whatever his trigger was, which um, we may or may not know. Anyways, it makes me feel compelled to say like, I'm sorry. His name was Daniel. And after reading this book, well, not even just after reading this book, but this book specifically made me think about him specifically and that room and how like not helpful it was to put him in there and how not only not helpful, but how hurtful or harmful it was to probably put him in there. So I wanted to, to like take a minute to say, I am so sorry, Daniel, that I had anything to do with that. And you didn't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. And it just, it's so crazy 20 years later to look back and be like, at that time, I wasn't like, oh, is this wrong? Like, I totally thought it was okay. So that's crazy too, because it's just an interesting example of how, like, if that happened to me, and I was a willing participant in that thinking that this was best practices, right? Like this child needs to go into this room and like be kind of closed in there until he can calm down. Like that was the purpose of the room was to go there and be removed from the rest of the class so that they would have a space to kind of get regulated again by the terms used in this book. Back in the day, it was just so that they could like get calm. But in thinking about it, like my observations are like that room didn't really work. They didn't get calm in there. Like there was no connection. It was like the opposite. It was like a, it was kind of like a punishment, right? Oh, you're not like you're acting out, you're acting up. So go to the timeout room. And most often when you would be like, well, yeah, you should probably go to the timeout room. They would get worse. Like they would get more upset, you know? And then we also would get trained in, what was it called? Preventing and managing aggressive behavior. So the intention of the training was to be able to de-escalate, you know, have skills in that way. And as a last resort, though, it taught you how to restrain people, too. And so we would have that training. And then at times when a child was extremely acting out and becoming aggressive and violent, we would have to restrain them and bring them to that room. And that's just so crazy to me. Anyway, that's that's kind of the roundabout thing I'm trying to get at here is that it used to be okay, which uh, it's so crazy because it's not okay. But for some reason, without all of this like trauma education and trauma informed practice information and everything else, that's how kind of intense dysregulation was managed in schools. And so how much other crazy stuff has happened in the last 20 years, let's say, while we were becoming more trauma-informed that was actually so much more re-traumatizing to people. Like the giant aha for me of reading this book was because I'm just one person with one experience who can identify like a really kind of, I think, vibrant example of how harmful the old practices were to people who needed, you know, a completely like practically opposite approach than what was the go-to approach. How many other millions of people had some similar experience in getting either re-traumatized or hurt because of things that were out of their control? I guess that's the major takeaway is that this dysregulation, like this was on a cellular level, like this was on a, like they couldn't help it. And yet they were like, oh, nope, go over to that timeout room. Then your body's responding in the way that it's been set up to respond. So now we're going to punish you. Like, it's so brutal. It's so crazy. So 
that's what what happened to you made me think about while I was reading it. The other thing that I mentioned in the in the group discussion was I was kind of um, surprised at how intensely it landed with other people. I mean, in a in a personal way, I guess, but I, I don't know why I'd be surprised if people have experienced their own trauma and then they read this book, like that can be triggering. If someone asked me, would I recommend this book? Well, now I would think twice about it because of experiencing the reactions of the other members in the group who found it quite difficult to read. But originally I wouldn't recommend it because I just don't like the way it's written. I really dislike that conversational style. I also mentioned this in our discussion. It just feels really contrived to me and I don't like information being delivered to me in a way that is fake. Which, oh, what do you think? Oh, tell me more about that. Oh, you said that this means that. Could you expand? Like, I just hate it. So uh, I guess long story short, yay trauma-informed care and knowledge and uh, practice and boo what happened to you as far as delivery of that information. That's what I say. So I wouldn't really recommend the book, but I would recommend everyone everywhere, especially places that are responsible for like managing other people, which is basically everywhere, but all the way from children to professional adults, I would highly recommend a trauma-informed approach. So if this book is the only book you could read to find out about it, then I guess read it. But there's other books out there. So that's it for me. This is my final book report. And I didn't actually finish the book. I was trying to finish the book. I just didn't really want to finish the book, but I did finish the book. Well, I kind of skimmed. I started like skimming as fast as I could. I'd read it on the the uh, transit on my way to work and, you know, before bed, a couple of pages. It wasn't really inspiring me, but I still went through it. There were some really interesting facts. I like the research stuff. I like the brain stuff. I was just looking at the idea of rhythm being really important and kind of using movement to help deal with things and resilience. I think that really interests me as well, because when I'm going through something, doing something like going for a walk or doing something rhythmic helps me to regulate uh, what I'm feeling. You know, I also was just reading this one section that I'd like to read to you as well. It's talking about Oprah, you know, who I'm, I'm not like a super Oprah fan, but I think she's done some great stuff and she's gotten through a lot. And she says, my pain and the resolve that followed it became a cycle that repeated itself many times. I believe it is in a profound way, the very through line of my life. The struggles I endured as a child are what allowed me to recognize and care about pain in others. The validation I longed for as a child is what I see other people longing for just as intensely. Thousands of people had the courage to share their stories with me because their story was my story. Their pain was my pain because all pain is the same. And I really like that and I can definitely see, you know, Oprah connecting with so many people. I wouldn't recommend the book. I, you know, I think there's probably better books out there to be able to talk about trauma. I thought it was, you know, a little bit kind of cut and dry and there wasn't a lots of hope in the book. I mean, there was some, but it just didn't feel like it kind of felt like, oh, you're screwed <laughs> if you're if you didn't get the love that you needed when you were a baby. So uh, I didn't like that. I think, you know, people can hopefully people can get through. Uh, I did learn a lot. So that was great as well. But not my favorite choice, but it wasn't horrible either. And that's it. See you on the next book cycle.
I'm just going to launch right into it. Do I recommend the book or do I not? It's a resounding maybe. This book is about childhood trauma primarily. And before you pick up the book, I would ask yourself, do you have unresolved childhood trauma? Do you have the resources and the energy and the time to be triggered or try to work through it? And I mean, yes, it's good to work through trauma, but sometimes it's just not convenient, especially if you don't have the time. People who have experienced childhood trauma may have some coping mechanisms and how to get through everyday life without being triggered. So this book, you know, says a lot and talks about a lot of different traumas. So of course, this could be triggering to many people. Now, if you have somebody in your life that has experienced childhood trauma and you want to understand that a little bit more, this book would be great. If you don't have anybody in your life who's experienced childhood trauma, I want to say you probably do because the stats in this book show that there are a lot of people who experience these adverse childhood experiences is what it's called an ACE and have had that. So maybe you want to read the book as well. It's in a conversational format, which wasn't really my favorite, but it was also easy to read. And I think it's pretty on brand with Book Interrupted, right? It's about connection. And, and it's also in the book, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to relate to the people. So it's more, uh, it's not as cold, I guess. Uh, it's more like I'm talking to you or, or the book's talking to me. There's a couple of things I want to talk about in the book. I always say that before I say something. There's something I want to talk about. Obviously, I'm here talking. Anyway, in the book, it talks about dismissive caregiving. Specifically, it says dismissive caregiving can lead to an unquenchable thirst for love. It says you cannot love if you have not been loved. Well, first of all, that's really hard to read. You can never love. You can't love if you've never been loved. I think there's a lot of little things in this book that seem so final, like, well, your childhood was bad, so you're screwed. And it's not saying that. Later on, it talks about healing and, you know, finding love so you can learn to love, you know, I guess. Specifically, when it's talking about dismissive caregiving, he talks about parents on their devices and how when you're looking at your phone or your tablet or whatever, and you're ignoring your children because you're, you're, you're not paying attention, that that is kind of like dismissive caregiving in some cases. And it makes you wonder, you know, in this day and age, what that's doing to society as a whole. And you kind of see that unquenchable thirst for attention and for recognition and love in social media where people, you know, put something out there and they're looking for likes. And maybe this is all related. Later in the book, they mention something about uh, techno hygiene you know, putting your phone away or having places where these things aren't allowed. And this makes me think about growing up when I was younger, people didn't have smartphones and digital cameras were just beginning to be a thing in my 20s. So you could go out and make mistakes and there wasn't, you know, evidence left behind. So you can make a mistake, learn from it. And the rest of the world doesn't have to know and it doesn't have to haunt you to the end of time. I mean, depending on the mistake, I guess some mistakes haunt you, but you know what I mean? Like little mistakes. And youth today are growing up where if you make a mistake, there could be a photo and it's on the internet, it's there forever. And it could just haunt you and follow you around. And I've often wondered if we're going to get to a place where when you arrive at a, a place like a party or a restaurant or a bar or whatever you'll have to put your phone away in like a little locked 
locker like when you go to an escape room they have these little lockers for you to put like your wallet and your phone and you're not allowed to bring your phone in maybe we'll just have that for you know mental health so people can connect without being distracted by their devices i think that's a nice idea the other thing so in the book they talk about how dissociating is you know a response to potentially being in an unsafe situation that you can't get out of and it's a survival technique you know, you could fight or flight or you can dissociate. And I was thinking about how in North American society, we're always pushing people to be more. Like if you put your kids in sports, not like just go and play soccer for fun. You know, there's a push to be like a soccer star and there's all these practices and games and your people are traveling around. You know, what happened to just kind of enjoying soccer or instead of just playing the piano, you have to be the best at the piano or whatever. There's this push to become the most successful in anything. And then I was watching the Elton John movie. It's like about his life. And you know, he's a musical genius. And so how did he get there? But then it shows his early life and it's traumatizing. He, he had this unrequited love from his father who loved music and he spent you know, a lot of time playing music. And you know, maybe he was dissociating from kind of this unsafe situation and that's what soothed him. And perhaps it's one of the reasons that he was so good at music, but it was like paired up with his like trauma. <laughs> and I wonder if these things in today's world are kind of like becoming a two-way street. So whereas trauma may have born genius before, now we're trying to create genius by shoving, you know, sports and music and achievement down our children's throats. Like you have to achieve and maybe that's traumatizing them in a way like if they do make it to the top is that good uh like is it i mean i certainly there's people who are successful who are probably balanced you know don't have the the traumatizing things that got them there they just you know hard work and focus and all that stuff but um, it's just interesting that we we covet that you know that person that that's what they do and that's their their genius there but often we might not think about where it came from it came from a place of pain yeah so yeah the book was okay i wouldn't say i have accolades or otherwise i feel kind of neutral about it final book report i give this book like not just two thumbs up i give it like three thumbs up highly recommend it there's just so much learning it at least for me really allowed me to have so much more compassion for all humans everywhere as much as i am like a professional coach and therapist in training really high on the empathy there is a part of me that is like internally quite the like judge and critic like you should hear some of the shit goes on inside of my head when I just meet people that are a bit too like in your face or aggressive or if I can't like understand them I just like write them I'm like what's their problem you know and this book really helped remind me to be a little bit more freaking compassionate like even if I can't understand someone or their intentions or why they would behave in a certain manner or make a certain type of decision it doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be loved or 
treated kindly, that we all have different experiences and different stories that contribute towards who we are. And that book really drove that message home. Again, I mentioned this in previous entries that please, I would like to give a heads up warning that reading this book could be triggering uh, for people. Some of the great takeaways were, again, just re-examining what is trauma. And I know for myself, I didn't start to really get invested into putting in the effort and trying to become the best version of myself until I moved past that block a few years ago of just holding on to this idea that, well, I haven't gone through any trauma. Because you always, I don't want to say you always, I found with myself and from having discussions with other individuals, I found that there are many of us that really dismiss some of our past experiences because we don't think that they were traumatic. We tend to go to big T trauma and that anything else outside of that doesn't really constitute trauma. That is not the case. This book made such a good case for just better understanding how trauma really is, and I think I said this in my first entry, trauma really is just any experience that you are left having to kind of like process it on your own. And it's traumatic if it has caused dysregulation or an imbalance for you, either like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially. So it was really great to kind of like dive into that theme, that topic a bit more and just see how Essentially, when you're alone, that, that in and of itself, isolation is a form of trauma that we do absolutely need others. We need to join together in community or find deep connections, build up intimacy. I'm not talking about just sexual intimacy, but actual like that depth of trust and vulnerability with another individual, how important that is, how that in and of itself is so healing. One of my biggest learnings were the three R's, the regulate, relate, reason. I have taken that and I'm running with it. I am implementing it with my coaching clients as well as my therapy and training clients that so many things we can be like, why do I behave that way? And like logically or with your critical mind, you can understand that, oh, there is another choice here or there is another way to behave. But if you don't get to regulating, regulate, 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 help your nervous system, help your mind, help your body, uh, just focus on regulating. And that can be done through, I term it the two A's, athleticism and the arts. Uh, basically just anything that has like rhythm to it, whether it's playing drums or listening to music or coloring or moving your body, going for a walk, those are all great regulating exercises and how critically important it is for us to regulate. Also, how important it is for us to co-regulate with others. I had a really painful healing moment a few weeks ago and if it wasn't for my hubby being there, he didn't even do anything except hold me and just say, yeah, I hear you, I see you. That must have been hard. 
Like that was it, but that was co-regulation. When I was all out of balance, all out of whack, him co-regulating with me helped get me on track and helped me learn new ways around how I attach to others. Cause I do come from a history of like fearful avoidant attachment styles. Uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful moment that I think I was able to lean into a little bit more because of reading this book. So this book, it is so full of so much like insight, takeaways, learnings. I highly encourage everyone to read it, but please make sure that you are in a good place when you do this reading and then pay it forward. Like if you see someone like struggling, you don't necessarily have to have gone through the same experience to them uh, to be a means of support. You just have to acknowledge that you see them, you hear them, that you're there with them. And that in and of itself, those regulating activities help us then get to better relating with each other, which then allow us to thank you, Dr. Bruce Perry, for teaching me how do I can finally get to the reasoning center of my brain. A great book. Uh, thank you so much, Leah, for choosing this as part of your book choice. It was a pleasure reading it, even though it was highly uncomfortable and very triggering at moments. Um, I am a better person because of it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and you'll be notified when there's new content. Want to be part of the conversation? Have your voice heard on our fan episode next week. Or recommend a book and you could be joining us for a six-week book cycle. Find out more by going to www.bookinterrupted.com fans. Are you interested in buying this book? Do you want to order the next book so you can read along? Go to www.bookinterrupted.com shop to see a complete list of our books. And if you haven't tried them yet, our affiliate partners, The Bookshop, and Libro.fm both help support your local bookstore where available. Thanks for taking the time to check in and connect. We'll see you next time on Book Interrupted. Book Interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.